Joshua chapter 3, when you have it, say amen. We're, we're only going to read six verses, but when in your spare time, read all the way to the end of the chapter, because the end of the, the last verse of this chapter is so amazing, and you don't want to miss it, amen? When you have a say, man. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shentum and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the, the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there should be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure, and come not near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. For the Lord would do amazing things among you. Isn't that a blessing? That the Lord would do amazing things among you. Lord, we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for increase, Lord. We thank you for clarity, Lord. I'm behind, behind the cross. They don't see me, but see your word, Lord. And, that somebody might be changed or touched, Lord, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of my message this morning is called The Bridge to Your Destiny. Say it, a bridge to your destiny. And I was thinking this morning about destiny. Some people in a negative sense will say that why is all this bad stuff happening to me? This, this can't be God's ordained destiny for me. But what we must understand is that we live in a sin-cursed world with sin-cursed people. And so what may seem like God is not working in your behalf is really because of the sin nature of man in a fallen universe. I would like to talk about a gentleman today. He was a slave. His name was Horace King. He was an engineer. He was elected to the Alabama House of Representatives in 1868. He was a bridge builder, a slave as a bridge builder, who was known for building bridges throughout Alabama and Georgia, who died in LaGrange, Georgia. His slave master was Mr. Goodwin, Mr. Goodwin sent Mr. King to Oberlin College in the mid-1830s as a slave. 
Finally, he taught his children to trade and formed King's Brother Bridge Company on 9-8-1807 through 5-28-1885 was when Mr. King died. He was an American slave architect. And the bridges that he designed was for long bridges, long expansion bridges. And he had to use a truss system. If you know anything about trusses, like bees just going up and down all across the bridge. And what, and I was just thinking about, you know, that's how we should be. We should be like that trust bridge, bringing people across, you know, and being as one body connected to, to get the job done. Yet there's something amazing about bridges in contrast to walls. Walls are usually built to defend and protect and separate people. But bridges are built to bring people together and to cause them to overcome any kind of obstacles. Whether a wall or a bridge, they both have to be built on a firm foundation. Which takes me to a spiritual application. Instead of isolating ourselves by building a family and religious walls, anybody know anything about that? Separation of family, separation of religious institutions, separated church members. But we must be able to build more bridges of faith and reconciliation and peace and hope and unity. And we can only do that through the power of Christ, amen? John 14, 27. Yes, there isn't a bridge in the text, but God can be your bridge over troubled water. God can be your bridge over circumstances, difficulties, and situations and obstacles. God can be with you, your personal defense system, amen? God can make a way out of no way. If you want to know something about Joshua, Joshua's name means God is salvation. God is salvation. The other thing about Joshua, Joshua in Exodus 17, he helped hold up Moses' hands to defeat the enemy of the Amalekites. He wasn't in leadership, but he help hold up the leader's hands, amen? How many holding up your, your leader's hands, amen? It's, it's all right, we're not condemning you. Joshua was found as one of the 12 spies who came back with a good report saying, we are more than able to take the land flowing with milk and honey, Numbers 13 and um, 14 and chapter 14 and 5. Joshua was told by Moses, his leader, be strong and courageous. Moses let Joshua know he would be the leader one day. Then Joshua find himself saying the same thing to his, his people, amen? Joshua was a type of Christ because Joshua means Christ, amen? Joshua was a slave. He heard the cry of his people as a young lad. He, he, he was in Egypt 
with the, his own people. And he heard the cry. That's just like God. He hears our cry. We, we in dark places. He was a servant. He was always found serving. He served the Lord and Moses faithfully. He was a spy. He went into the enemy territory without fear. I remember the times we used to sing a song called, I went to the enemy camp and took back what he stole from me. Anybody know that the devil is taking some things from us that we had to go back and get it through the power of God? It says that he was a military genius. And also, he was a saint because he loved the Lord. How many loved the Lord this morning? He said, the past generation did not step into their assigned destiny because of the cycle of doubt, unbelief. So don't be like them walking in a, a, unchanging, a unchanging cycle. They was in the wilderness 40 years because they wouldn't obey. Sometimes I think about my own life. I say, I hope I'm not in the cycle. You know, I know I've been delivered, but sometimes I feel like I'm, sometimes I feel like I've been this way before. And I have to take inventory about why am I going this way again? It says that Joshua, he woke up early in the morning. It's something about early morning prayer. It's something about it. If you wake up early in the morning and you get on your face before God, you can handle any situation that come your way. You'll be spiritually prepared. It says, it says that the Israelites faced some helpless odds to cross over to the promised land. They needed instructions for the journey. That's why we come to Bible study. That's why we come here because this journey is sometimes a hard way. It's a pressing way. And we need instructions from the Lord so that we can make the journey. But Joshua, knowing that he had to go across the river, he didn't call a bridge building. Joshua, knowing that he had to cross the river, he didn't call on a boat building. Joshua, knowing that he had to cross the River Jordan, he didn't call on an engineer. But God, Joshua called on the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is represented by the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was a big box. It was overladen with gold. And, and on one side, it was eagle, angels on one side and cherubims on the other side. And the presence of God was on the mercy seat. But not only about the ark, the presence of God, but on the inside was the word of God. It was the word of God. We need the word on the inside. It said not only was the word of God, it was Aaron's staff that was inside the ark. It represents the power of God. And not only that what was in the, in the ark, that was in the ark, it was the manna that God fed the children of Israel in the wilderness, and it represents the provisions of God. Anybody receive all three of them from the Lord? You got the presence of God, you got the word of God, you got the power of God, and you got the provisions of God. 
And I saw one thing last night. You also got the light of God. A light of God that brings people out of darkness. Because when the sunlight hit the ark, which is 100% gold, it probably was so radiant. It was so radiant to the enemy. They was like, what is that shining in the, in, in the wilderness? Shining. That's the way we should be. That's what Jesus said. Let your light shine so that men can see your good work and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Yet, it was three days before they moved out. And the officers insisted that they keep a distance between the ark and the children of Israel. They said it was like 200 cubits. And 200 cubits, they said, from your elbow to your middle finger was 18 inches. So they multiplied 200 times 1.5, and that would give you so many feet that the ark was in front of the children of Israel. It was like a reverence of God, because if you ever read any of the accounts of the Bible story, it was two men who touched the ark unreverentially, and it was a mistake, and it cost them their death. Yet, it says, verse 4, that you may know which way you must go, for you have not passed this way before. God will provide a way for your destiny if you just follow him, amen? For you have not crossed this way before. But there's something re required of us. The elder says, sanctify yourself. You just can't come to God any old kind of way. You know, when you in God, when you in God and you got a mission that God has you on, you just can't just throw him any old kind of thing and expect him to accept it. Amen. We have to cleanse ourselves. We have to, we have to get on our face. We got to get in the word. We got to separate ourselves from things that may be keeping us down from the mission that God was on. The children of Israel was on a mission. They was trying to get to the promised land, a land that God had promised them. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 said, May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord. That's true Christianity. Sometimes it said for tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. But I was just thinking, you don't have to wait for tomorrow. God can do something today. Amen. Who, who need a breakthrough today? Who need God to do something from, for them this morning? As I went to pick up Sister Ethel this morning, a sister stopped me. She said, could you pray for me? Because my son is on drugs. And... um. Could you wait until you get to the church and pray? I say, no, I can't wait till I get to church and pray. I can pray right now in the name of Jesus. I prayed in the name of Jesus, and, and um, that was it, you know? Why put off what you can do today for tomorrow? Joshua said the priest took a step of faith. He called the priests, the prayer warriors, 
when you embarked on a difficult task, you need prayer warriors. You need at least one prayer warrior that, that you can call sister, brother, that you can call, say, bro, I need some prayer, sis. I need some prayer. It don't always have to be the pastor. It don't always have to be the elders. It's a family that you could call right here that you can pray with. Amen. God encourages Joshua. He told Joshua, he said, Joshua, this day I will begin to magnify thee in the sight of the people. But God is not trying to boast or enlarge Joshua's head. He's not trying to cause Joshua to get the big head. But he's trying to make the people see that you need to honor leadership. Amen. God is trying to encourage the people that you need to follow the instructions of our leaders. God exalts man or woman, not man himself. Leadership anointing is of God, as it was with Moses. With Joshua it came as he will be with you, he'll be with every believer. He said that as I was with Moses, Joshua, I'll be with you. Joshua probably was thinking like, now nah, I know what God did for, for Moses, how he opened up the Red Sea and how he, the snake and all of that. I saw all of that. I saw how they defeated it. But I'm Joshua. Hey Amen. Have you ever felt like that? A person that seemed like they strong in the Lord, you'd be like, I'm just right. I'm just right. But can God do it for me? Has anybody ever had that question in their mind? Can God do it for me? It says, leadership anointing was for God, but and God caused Joshua to be magnified to, for the children of Israel could see signs and wonders that only God could do. God tells Joshua, when you come to the edge of the Jordan, stand. Stand. I was thinking about Elder Beecham in the song, Stand. We, we got to take a stand in this evil and perverse generation. We just can't be tossed to and fro. We need to take a stand. Anybody willing to take a stand for the Lord? The Bible says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Stand. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still and see what God is going to do for you. After Joshua had the encounter with, with God, he goes to the people. Now he has to encourage the people with the same message that God encouraged him with. He said, come Israel, come hear the word of the Lord your God. That's what Pastor Will says. He says, come on Wednesday, come on Sunday, come on Zoom, so that you can be hear the word of the Lord. Because he's hearing from God and he's trying to tell you what God said that he wants this church to go in the direction he wants this church to go in. You shall know the living God is among you that's capable of driving out any kind of devils, any kind of hindrance of your life. We serve a living God that's able to drive out any devils, demons, 
whatever that's in your way, whatever obstacle is in your way, God is able to drive them out. If you got a bad relationship situation, God can move them people out your life. If you got a neighbor next door that's that's causing you grief, God can move them out your house. If you got a supervisor on the job that's causing you grief, God can move them. God promises because I go before you. Bible say, if the Lord be for you, who can be against you? It said the waters, the waters that were flowing from the Sea of Galilee, coming down the Jordan. It wasn't a little river where you go and you say, oh, I can cross that river. It's no, it's, it's, it's easy to cross. But this river was turbulent. It was churning. It was moving fast. It was, it, I mean, if you got in there, you probably wind up in the Dead Sea, amen? Because the, the last dropping point from the Jordan, from the, the Sea of Galilee down the Jordan River was the Dead Sea, which the fish couldn't live in the Dead Sea because it was full of salt. You wind up in a dead place. Turbulent waters. But God. He took the turbulent water and stopped it at the city called Adam. And I tried to make an analogy with Adam because Adam represents where man fell. Right, man? Right there, Adam caused whole universe, whole humanity to fall. He says that, and as the priest, they took a step. They kept on going. They kept on going. And what I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of if, if we would have stopped, if the children of Israel would have stopped and they didn't keep going, guess what would have happened? They would have wound up back in Egypt. If the children of Israel wouldn't have went forward, guess what would happen? They would have started going backwards. And if they would go backwards, they'd wind up in Mara, the place of bitterness. They'll, they'll walk back. back and, in the, um, and his confusion and his friends coming against Moses, they walk back to the place with no war until they would have found themselves back in Egypt, a captive of Egypt. They would have found themselves back into captivity. How many, how many people have been delivered from something and they don't want to go back there? You don't, who, who want to go back to where you used to be? You don't want to go back. So we have to go forward. God say, go forward. Church, God stopped the waters, and the people went over on dry land. If we overcome the situation and obstacles and circumstances in our lives, we need to trust a God who is alive and power. In closing, here's a spiritual Jordan. There's a spiritual God. 
there is one more gulf that we have to cross that requires a bridge to your destiny. When you're not saved, you you on the other side of God, and there's a gulf between you and God, in which we must pass from death into the newness, newness of life, from a sinner to a saint, from being born to being born again. Jesus is that bridge to eternal life. You can't get there through religion. You can't get to God through philosophy. You can't get to God doing morality. You can't get to God with all different kind of ways. There's only one way to God, and that's through his son, Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? It's only one way. There's not multiple ways. There's only one way. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father but by me. It's time to occupy church. What has God done for you? Even though God has made a way. Even though the children of Israel in verse 17, I think it says, that they crossed over on dry land. Could you imagine God stopping the water and you crossing over? on dry land but you know what the, that wasn't the end of the story just because we are saved we still have to fight there's still battles to be won but not by my power not by my strength but it's by the spirit of god that the victory is won amen it's not by us it's by us praying it's by us agreeing with god being a being in agreement with god's plan We say we give all honor to God in Jesus' name. Amen.